0: I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And, and
3: our, our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. I was talking about this last night and he said happiness is, okay, um, happiness is egg-shaped. happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg and loves a circle with no end.
0: Hello and welcome to the Happinesses Podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg Shaped. And today we have a very special guest, someone, as you can see from my grin, I'm very excited to speak to because, like me, blows a whistle and throws a beanbag as a profession. And that means we've got at least a little bit in common. Now, although she has gone off and done other things outside of teaching, There's still some principles there that I'm keen to talk about. What a journey. So many experiences, so many places visited and people met. I cannot wait. And there must be some barbarian stories in there. So let's not mess around. Let's welcome the one and the only Gazelle Mather. Hello.
4: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm very well, thank you. I'm absolutely honoured to have you with us. How are you?
4: No, I'm all good. I'm all good. Got a big game coming up at the weekend, so preparing for that, but all good.
0: They're all big games at the moment. So let's just for some background, what position do we find you in at the moment?
4: We're in fifth um, with five games, well, round four, yeah, five games to go before playoffs. So, and they're all pretty big games for us. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at.
0: And how how easy do you find it at the beginning of a Premier 15 season to set targets when there's quite a lot of moving parts with players coming in and some players coming in from overseas? It must be quite difficult to gauge where you sit until you actually get into combat.
4: Okay, so you're you're probably hitting on meaty stuff, moment one. (laughs) But, But it... It's the AP-15s and, and it, it, it fits into where the women's game is at the moment. So I have traveled the journey. I've been a DOR for the whole journey so far from when it was TP-15s, when it started to where we are now. Um, and the speed that it is traveling is, um, is off the chart is perhaps a way to, to look at it in the sense that when you look back at what the, the premiership was prior to TP-15s, if you'd have said in five years time, it's gonna look like it looks now and the quality of the rugby and the standard of the athletes, um, I don't think many people would have believed you. And it's it's exponential. So to set targets, to set things that the, the thing is moving the whole time. So for, there are some sides that I'm playing that when I play, you know, cause obviously you play home and away. When I played them in the first half of the season, they had one team sheet and then you play them in the second half of the season and it's dramatically different and not through injury, not through anything, but through, as you suggest, um, other people and other players from around the world wanting to be involved because I think I'm in a reasonably comfortable ground to say that the AP15s is the best domestic leading for women in the world. So it attracts the best players and that is an ever-moving feast. And then you have all the other things around it where... The game is was when we started was amateur. Full stop. Now is we have some full time players, i.e. the England contracted athletes, and now the Welsh contracted athletes. You then have athletes which the clubs are paying a little bit to. Well, not not a lot, but a little bit. Um, and then you have some athletes that are completely am- amateur. A lot and the critical mass are working full time jobs as well. Um, so. Setting targets is like throwing a needle into a haystack. You just have to go with week by week. You have to roll with the, with what's happening. You have to find a way each time. You use, you know, you find sometimes you find the right way. Sometimes you find the wrong way. Um, and we all have to roll with that and a massive amount of learning. But I think the most important thing out of all of it is it is on that trajectory. women, And it's part of the women's sport movement. Um, and is a hugely exciting, if challenging, place to be.
0: Yeah, you you must be loving it though, especially from the beginnings of when you played and talking a full time job. I mean, as a student, I've read that you were on a train, picked up at the station to go and play a couple of beers back on the train, and then and then away again. I mean, there there are still some players who are probably living that because. That's their life. How how on earth do you gel a group with professional athletes who are probably looking at a World Cup and have ambition of Olympic and Commonwealth Games appearances to people who are working however many hours a week on a shift pattern, but rugby's their passion and they're giving it up. That You must have to have so many conversations through the course of a week.
4: You are very perceptive. You are hitting, <laughs> you are hitting nails on heads like pretty much straight away, um, that's exactly what it's like. So man, managing an athlete who's with me for four hours a week, right, now that's not, they're doing their SNC remotely, they're doing all those things, but you know, yeah, they, they work full time to my contracted athletes. So yeah, it is, it, and, then, and then the other side of it is that we're surrounded by a huge amount of minimum operating standards to be At the level that we're at. So that's at a very professional level. Then you, as I say, you've got some things that are still at a very amateur level, um, and some things that are traveling that journey. And all of them affect every every day. All of them. They're not, you know, there's some things where we're able to do and it's happening in that way, but then that has a a a consequent, consequential effect on the next thing that's happening, which then means you can't do it the way that you might want to do it. And my male counterparts offering their premiership, they have so many more resources and staff and what have you. So we are, we're doubling up, tripling up, quadrupling up at times um, to try to make everything as, as good as we possibly can for our athletes and for the competition and for the good of the women's game. But, you know, you talk back to my journey when that was the very first time that I played when I was I was down at Exeter University and playing for Teddington Antlers. And that was in my first proper competitive year of the game and I wanted to play up at home which is where I obviously came from around around Tellington Way and had met that group started training with them so it was like okay I I need to do that so I'd play hockey for the university on a Saturday and then on Sunday morning would get on the train at Exeter St David's Go up to Paddington, where one of the Teddington team would pick me up from the station. They took a rotor as to whose turn it was, drive us to the game, We'd then play the game, and then obviously have a couple of beers. They'd drive me back to Paddington, whoever was on duty, and then I'd get back on the train, and then I'd be picked up by my, my boyfriend at the time from Exeter St. David's at around midnight, and then go back to uni next Monday on Monday and get on with it. And we used to do that all the time. So, and it's it, yeah it's it's when you look at where the game was there we had challenges there when i played for for england i had i paid for everything as did all my teammates that's what we did um it got better as my career developed but it's still that's what we did and each stage of the women's game and i would suggest that's in in any sport you all have you have the issues at the time so the issues at the time now for my athletes are some of them are completely amateur some of them are paid the demands on them are high for performance because the st- the standard of the rugby and the physicality out there of a weekend now is, is as I say, compared to five years ago, completely different animal. Um, and then the challenges that there are for us as staff um, are where they are at now. Now, five years down the line, we'll have different challenges. Ten years down the line, there'll be different challenges because the sport is ever evolving. So you've got to roll your sleeves up and deal with what you're dealing with. And that's how I see it. It's not it's not perfect no it's not but are we moving the game in a in the right direction yes i think we are um will youngsters growing up little young young lasses growing up think there's a career path for me there yes they will that's got to be a good thing
0: it's absolutely amazing i love listening to the passion that you speak with the the bit about little lasses looking tamara taylor said she didn't need to see it to believe it she was just doing it and opportunities came and she took them but at the moment there is a lot of talk about we have to see it to believe it's possible how much time can you possibly have to speak to your your squad and and people you're involved with about that about them being role models about their about them creating opportunities for people in the future. Someone said to me yesterday that legacy is planting a seed in a garden that you'll never see bloom, which I thought was quite an interesting way to put it. Are are they aware of their role at their time in life? Or are they just head down S and C training, perform, looking for the next stage?
4: Um, no, I think they're very aware. I think I think they they are very aware of the privileged position that they're in because this is the first time now in in this period of time that there's decent broadcast and it's still not enough to make the game really explode, but it's moving that way. But now we have, we, you know, live stream game every by, by the by England rugby every round and we have an, a BBC iPlayer slot every round. So two two games are going out every week. Obviously the Red Roses success helps that too because that's live on the BBC. Um, and that massively helps. Um, and, yes, yeah, so the girls understand the, their profile. They understand that the games are going out there. But with that comes pressure, doesn't it? Because you've got to perform when you're out there. When the when the cameras are on, you've got to perform because there are still people that look at the game and go, oh, well, it's not men's rugby, is it? It's not this, it's not that. And it's like, no, because, funnily enough, we're women. And we're playing the game. We play the game. But there's so many people out there that still compare yeah i i I Well, i do understand it because it's been around me all my life but i still don't understand it because you know if they're expecting our 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 props to be able to scrummage against male premiership props what is that you know where where do we even start with that you know And, and when you look at that so therefore does that mean that the female props aren't any good of course it doesn't you know it's relative everything is relative so you you're when you go for the well it's not the same as men's rugby or it's not as you know it's like well you've got to app compare apples with apples not apples with pears and just because we play the same sport so there are there are things obviously that and that's why people can't get get around so when you watch women's footballers and men's footballers and people go oh um, an academy team would be would be Man City or Chelsea it's like what are you talking about even who cares about that because it's not apples with apples just because they kick a football and they play the same sport and there's 11 people on the field in in that it's and and this is what people can't get over because it's the same sport so they don't they don't seem to get that bit and and for me we play it slightly differently because our athletes have different skill sets so technically, female players are very good, um, and and we run the ball a lot more. Kicking is now much more in the game than it used to be, but it it still run a lot a lot more. And the the pure power game isn't the be all and end all in, in the women's game. Yes, the top teams do display that that power and can still win games just through power, um, but not when they come against those that are close to them they have to do more than that whereas you know rugby can fall into that trap of being well we can run over the top of you so we'll run over the top of you in the women's game there's more of well that isn't the thing we've got to work our way around you we've got to yes we can but not everywhere do you know what I mean by that so there's a beautiful difference we don't just have power as the thing in our game so, you know, we have physicality is important, of course, but there's the speed, there's the skill, there's the, 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 you know, the finding the space, moving the ball to space, trying to run to space. All of those things are really attractive about the women's game. And a lot of people that watch it love that about our game. So, but people have to embrace it first that it's not, we're not trying to be mini men. And, and I, wish, <laughs> I wish people would understand that, but a lot of people do now and, and, and see women's sport for what women's sport is, women competing against women and playing the game in a, in, in a different way. And, and perhaps a more pure form of the sports would be the way i describe it at the moment. Um, and both are valuable. I love watching men's rugby. I love watching women's rugby. I love watching men's football. I love watching women's football. You know, I love watching men's tennis. I love watching women's tennis. They're not, but I don't go ooh, ooh, like this. I just embrace what I'm watching and then go for Well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Not, well, a man would have done that or a woman would have done that. You know what I mean? And I think we need to embrace that more and, and enjoy what we're watching for what we're watching.
0: Hello, my name is Bruce Atchison from Happiness is Egg Shaped and I am here to tell you where you can get your Happiness is Egg Shaped merchandise. Go to www.halbro.com and search for Happiness is Egg in the stores. We've got it all, umbrellas, snoods, hats, towels for when you eventually get to go on holiday to the beach or by the pool we've got hoodies we've got t-shirts we've got all sorts going on there check it out get your happiness is egg shape merchandise you can get all colored up for your favorite team or for your country get involved because you know i know everybody knows happiness is egg shape i absolutely love it again the passion just comes it's charging in and i'm not surprised because when when i was when i knew this was going to happen there is still as you've just put women's and men's but somebody like you just embodies it's just rugby you've worked with You've worked in club rugby and semi-professional rugby and in international rugby and in professional rugby. You've worked in academy set, you've worked with men and women and kids. And the the bit that I that I absolutely love is that passion that you show just because it's the game. Now, does that come because of what the game's given you, or is it coming from uh an opportunity that you've been given where does your passion come from because you've done netball and judo and hockey and football and I mean you you, typical PE teacher you, you did everything where has your passion come from for rugby
4: I think I think there's there's two answers to that but but the first the thing I love about the game is how it challenges everything about about you as an athlete or you as a coach so as i've already mentioned there's the physical side of the game there's the skill side of the game there's the, the being able to see stuff there's coping with being hit and 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 having to deal with that there's there's the speed side of the game there's the kicking side of it it's just so complex and you know and yet so simple right it's 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 that it's got and then and then a, it really does need. I know it's. Oh, we need all shapes and sizes. Blah blah. We absolutely do. We do. It doesn't work if I put a little winger into the front row. You know, it it it, it just doesn't work. But then I can't put my prop, who does that job beautifully, on a wing because that doesn't work. So we and and your second rows. You know, you're competing in the air. You can't put a, you know, five foot nothing up in up in that situation. You need. So it is a sport that that embraces that it has 23 on the field and behind that like I've got a squad of 40 plus in the background as well we've got lots of athletes that are are connected to us um and the diversity that brings you know because they're all different shapes and sizes because they've all got different desires particularly in the women's game at the moment some people are playing the game at this level because they love it they love the game but they do not want to be international athletes they don't want to do that but they just want a full on competitive and training and be the you know be the best they can be in the circumstances they're in with their mates playing and then i've got other athletes who are striving to get that perfection of the quality of their pass or their the the the, the, the ferocity of their tackle or and they want to be on a world stage and then i've got some who don't just want to be on a world stage they want to win a world cup but the sport allows it the sport does that and then being with that many different people all trying to do be the best we can as a team because my god is it a team sport my job is never dull and that's what I love about it I love it that it's so different there are moments where I just go stop I can't it. But, but, but it it's never dull it is never ever dull and you know as a teacher that job wasn't dull, is it? Because you walk into the classroom and all of the kids that are sat in there have all had something happen to them that morning. Some of them have had a lovely, wonderful breakfast with the whole family and it's picture postcard Instagram stuff. And others have had a raging row. Some of them have had a blah, you know, some of them overslept, some of them haven't prepared their work for the for the day. And so they're anxious. Some of them can't wait because they've prepared something beautiful, you know. And and you walk into the room and there's all that all that stuff going on in front of you. And you've got no idea which kid's going to, how the kids are going to behave and what they're going to do. And then somebody's carrying something from two days ago where they had a massive row with another kid in the class and they still haven't let it go. And then you've got, you know, and oh my God. And that's human. It's human. As you walk into the a there's humanity in doing its thing. And some, some of them are really good at hiding it or shouldn't be hiding it. That's not necessarily a good thing. Some of them are right out there. And, and you know, it's, I love that. And, and so it's not just the vehicle of rugby. That you know, it's it's both. It's the people, it's humans doing things as a team, and it's rugby itself is hugely complex and desperately simple, and I love that.
0: I I, I love that. You must be tired at night. I, I can imagine if you coach and and parent and do all the things with the passion you're just speaking to me on a screen with, you must be knackered at nighttime.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes.
0: Sometimes, <laughs> I, I just—I absolutely love it. How different life could have been, though. You go to study PE and you're doing all these sports. Do you ever look across the wall and think, "I, I would have been a, a magic centre half, or or left winger, or and I could have been playing in an England football team, or I could have been playing for." The netball, I mean, netball is just like you're talking about the women's sports movement. Netball is just off the chart. Do you, do you have a look and think, I wonder what might have happened?
4: Well, I, th- I think that's the second part to the to the question that that I could answer, is that all of those sports that I played allowed me to play rugby really well. So when I was a wee one, my dad, I was for my 10th birthday, my dad took me and my brother to Wembley. To see our first international, it was Brazil against England at the old Wembley Stadium. And typical in my family, we're rushing to be on time. <laughs> I love like it everywhere, my relationship with time. That's from very small to where it is now. Anyway, um, and we when we got there, we went into up Wembley Way into the concourse, and then I remember going up the steps and standing at the top and this. Cacophony of noise. So, was, as I say, we were just in time for kickoff. So, packed stadium, and I was just like, wow. And I can remember just standing there, and I, I just stood there. My dad's going, We've got to get to our seats. I was like, This, because it was, yeah. Anyway, I watched the game. Game was one all. I remember it. Kevin Keegan scored, and somebody was behind me singing, Kevin Keegan walks on water, tra la 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 for that. And it stuck in my head, but it just, he sang it the whole blasted game. It was whatever. But, but, at that stage, afterwards, I thought, I want to play for my country, okay? And, you know, this is the see it to be it moment. So you see something and it switches something on in you. That's just what happens all across the thing, isn't it? You, you never know for that person when that moment will be. So when people are coaching, I was asked this question yesterday, actually. When, when, when I'm coaching, you know, do you think about, the coaching ladder and what have you. And I said, well, every time you stand up in front of anyone, you don't know if that's their their moment. You don't know you're giving, you've got to give those, that group that's in front of you, be it me teaching, be it me coaching, be it just helping out, doing whatever that you're like, or as you described it, planted a seed that then grows into a tree that you never, ever see. Well, that's what teaching is surely all about. There are some kids that come back to you and send you a letter Days or athletes, years on, and just say, "I just want to tell you this." Okay, and I, I, I had one do that the other the, the other day. He was a lad that I was coaching in um, London Irish, and to do that job well, when you are trying to get lads who are aspiring for Premiership contracts, you've got to look after Plan B as well because not everyone gets Premiership contract clearly. So he was also had the dream of of being a pilot. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, well, I said, well, why not? If that's the thing, let's investigate. So we investigated that route. And then he didn't get a contract. He went off. Anyway, I got a letter from him about, I don't know, probably six, seven, maybe even eight years later that said, just want to tell you, I've just flown my first commercial flight as as an easy jet pilot. And I just want to thank you because you're the first one who said, why not? Let's do it. Now,
0: Hairs in the back of my neck have just stood up and I've not got many hairs.
4: <laughs> so, but, but that moment, I wasn't there to help him be a pilot, was I? I was there to facilitate and I was there to to help him. That's my traditional role, helping be a rugby player. But if you look after the life, you look after the person, you tend to, to reach potential. You tend to, to encourage it to flourish. And yeah, so I didn't know that. I, I would never have known he was fine if he hadn't got back in touch. So we as coaches, as teachers, we don't know. And you go into a classroom and you give a great lesson or you go into a, you, you go into, you know, coach a group of people and you give them what you can give them. Who knows? So so that side of things, the see it to be it, I'm meandering a bit here, but the see, the see it to be it, is it, is it a coaching moment? Is it uh, standing on Wembley concourse and pff, the cacophony of noise, whatever. But anyway, I didn't know. I, I already knew I loved sport and I was playing netball at my primary school. But I, and, and the teacher that I had there was obsessive, which is an interesting thing. She was absolutely obsessive. I was nine years old and she made us get to school half an hour before school started and we had netball practice. Then I had 10 minutes for my lunch and we had a 40 minute netball practice at lunchtime. And then she kept us three times after after school for netball practice again for an hour okay now I was nine but I loved it I loved it and we won everything there was to win obviously because we were we were working at it and our little counterparts are running around in the schoolyard once a week doing whatever we were we were insane insanely good um but that obviously has had an effect on me because the working hard ethic the, the you, you achieve things through practice you all of those things and that that teacher was well i've never forgotten her she she made things difficult at times really difficult um but she did not have challenged seven bells out of you so and and we got success and so i i had a taste of that quite early on as to what it was like to have a netball court with all loads and loads of people around it and to be standing under the basket because that's what I was and pop it in and everyone go nuts and I thought this is fun and you know it was it was all of that stuff so I set about with different sports but I wasn't quite good enough at any of them so I got to a certain certain standard at hockey I got south of England at hockey and and fencing I got to Southwest England champion and I got uh I got a certain I think I got to blue belt or something and then I, lo- you know, I yeah. love
0: that you start that with I wasn't very good at any of them and then you're able to list off a whole list of honors I wasn't,
4: no, no. But I wasn't because what I wanted was to be represent my country so that was wouldn't so I, I wasn't but each of those sports gave me stuff so it was never wasted time and I, I hate it when people say oh cause that was a waste of my time I'm like why why was that a waste of your time what did you get from it what what what's what experience has that made you nothing is a waste of time even the shitty times the shitty times tough times teach that's how i feel it tough times teach and you've got to find the lessons in those tough times for you as an individual for whatever and i i yeah so the, the great times the tough times it's like nothing is a waste of time it might perceive it being you know and you get discarded Elite sports, horrid, isn't it? You get discarded at certain times. So, Southwest of England, oh, uh, sorry, South England hockey, I scored three goals in a trial. Okay. And I was like, nailed it. Sorted. And then my coach, who was on the, she came out and she said, they haven't selected you. I said, what? And she said, you are in the wrong footwear. I went, what? Well? She <laughs> said, you, you, you're in trainers and you should be a national boots. I went, And that's why I said, that's it. And I walked away from hockey there and then. Okay. Imagine
0: how good you would have been if you'd had Astros on.
4: (laughs) If that's the thing at the time, and we're going back a long time, but if that's the thing, that's not a quality of opportunity. I couldn't, I didn't have Astro boots. So what? Did they bother to find out why I didn't have Astro boots? What was the reason I didn't have Astro boots? Now, that's, I think that experience has massively shaped me because it doesn't matter when i'm out on the field what am i doing does it matter what i've got what i haven't got where i come from what school i went to what you know does that matter when i when and that's the beauty of sport you cross the white line it's it's equality isn't it it's you me blah, 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 blah. it's just it's just
0: right 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 hold hold the bus because <laughs> yes yes i agree yes i agree but you're not telling me that that was the last time there was a prejudice against you
4: oh god no no, 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 no. But it taught tough times teach. So you learn, you learn, don't you? So, so the prejudice stuff, yeah, you know, the, the thing I think that first around being female, I, I don't, I don't, in you know, female in rugby and coaching and doing what have you, I don't see the world that way. So when I'm coaching, right, right now, I'm looking out. I don't see female. You see female. It's not me that sees female.
0: No, I'm, I'm, at... I'm seeing legends right now. Don't give me any of that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just see, I just see out, right? It doesn't matter that I'm a woman. It doesn't matter my age, my this, my that. What matters is what I'm doing, what I'm delivering, the actions that I have. It's other people that see women because they're looking at me. Yeah. So I I've never had that initially at all I just got on with it so you know talking about Fergus Farrell and Teddington the connection that we first have when I first went to Teddington they I was asked by so obviously I've been a player there before gone on done what have you and the their coach walked out of them in the August right so obviously season starts in September and I was coaching at London Irish at the time and I was also England women's 20s head coach Anyway, I get a call from the chairman, Gareth Cross, saying... He
0: thought, he thought, I've got five minutes spare during the week. I'll do another team.
4: <laughs> I, had, I had three kids under seven as well at the time. So it's just insane. <laughs> but he rang me instead. did I know anyone that could take him on? And I knew exactly what that meant. I went, do I know anyone? Right. So I said to him, look, let me chat with my husband first to see whether there's a, an option for this. And then I said, right, okay, he's cleared it. So if you... <laughs> he's looking after three kids of a of a tuesday and thursday night now but is, is um uh you know i need to go down and see whether i feel i can make a difference to this group so i said just tell them that you've got someone doing two guest sessions two guest sessions for them because i just needed to go and see whether i felt i could make a difference anyway those two guest sessions the first 10 minutes and i i, I stand by this all the time the first 10 minutes is so, so important when you're in front of a new group of people because they're making their judgments. They're going, Woman, what do you know? They're going, This is, you know, whatever their prejudices are all flashing around in their heads, yeah, all the time. Um, and if you deliver in the first 10 minutes, people forget any all of that stuff and they get into the session and they love it because all athletes ultimately want is to get better, to be challenged, and to have fun in their sessions. If you've got those three things, whew, you get progress, don't you? Mm-hmm. So, In that thing, there was one particular individual who had it stenciled on his forehead. Well, the hell do you know, you know? Anyway, so he challenged me after about three minutes, asked a question.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at borough.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at borough.com slash ACAST.
4: So I just answered it and then up the intensity bit. He did it again, did it again, three times in that first 10 minutes and then got on with it. And he came up to me after and said, That's one of the best sessions I've had in years. So it's about that first 10 minutes, making that be the case. And then yeah, I spent, I did those two sessions and then I went, yeah, I think I can make a difference to this group. And the rest is history. I was there for four or five years with them and we did some good stuff. Some good <laughs> good
0: stuff. And the master of the understatement, we did some good stuff. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, how, how did you do such good stuff? How do you get a run of games like that? Over 60 games unbeaten, three promotions, twice to Twickenham. I mean, that's that's ridiculous what what was well firstly what was holding that group back in the first place and secondly what the hell what did you offer that just made that upward trajectory that you're you're sort of displaying and talking about is it as simple as I challenged them and they enjoyed it and we worked together
4: so when you say what was challenging the group in the first place or holding them back so I would suggest you know out on the lash too much, out on this, out on that, all of those things. But that that aside, um, what was important in any group, any team, is knowing their why. What, what what are they about? Why are they doing this? Why do they come every Saturday to play? And why do they train in? Why in this and that. And this particular group um, loved their fitness, loved being in shape. There was a lot of male young being in shape athletes. Blah 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 they loved each other's company, absolutely loved each other's company. And this was a vehicle that they could spend boy time together, um, you know, doing their, doing their fitness, doing their thing, being being fit, being strong and being with their mates. So then when I first went down there, I thought, well, there's, there's a fair bit of talent here, but it's so chaotic in, in terms of the game. It's just all over the place. Um, So, it was about giving them a a structure around the game that allowed them to to play together as a group. It was understanding that on a Saturday night by 10 o'clock, no point even speaking to any of them because you get no no sense from anyone, but getting on with that and and embracing that. um, It was about shared experience. But doing things really well, and I I I remember as we as we travelled the journey that first junior of ours is probably one of my favourite coaching things that I've that I've done because the year before we we went for it and we got a trip and we were in the last sixteen and we went down to St Austell in Cornwall on you know for the for a game that's how far it was from you know right one end of the country to the other which wasn't something that Teddington, this group would do very often like for now in the Premier 15s we're up all over the country it's just part of the norm but this this wasn't norm so we bought, you know there was a coach load of support there was the crinklies from the the old old group um and there was you know just bus full of people and off we all went and the actual game was like down at St. Austell, they love their rugby. It was packed. There was, you know, people up in their clubhouse on their verandas all around the pitch. It was noisy. It was whatever. And it was a really tight, tight game. Anyway, we were five, five nil up. And then they got a penalty so that it went to five three. And then they seemed to get another, you know, six minutes to go. There's another penalty, another penalty, and another penalty. I'm thinking, we're away from home here. We are so away from home here. Anyway, the, they missed them. They missed them along with a minute to go. It's quite a long penalty, and I'm standing behind the post at the time, and the ball goes up in the air, and hits the crossbar, goes up in the air, and falls over. And we the game six five, right? And I'm looking at that, going, "Oh my god." Anyway, so there was probably one of the biggest nights in Teddington's history that then followed, and I won't go into detail. But it was it was insane. It was a hell of a tour. Again, the bonding experience that. And if you ask any of the any of the, the lads, the crinklies, everyone that was on tour that weekend, they'll they'll remember it. And that's what rugby's about: create creating memories with shared experience with people. And then from that, I was like, we're going to do this next year. We can do this. I know we can do this. So anyway, we that fostered a bit of belief and a bit of desire, and then. We went on the next journey and I remember the game, the quarterfinal up in in Newmarket. And again, we were away from home and a really interesting thing their coach did. He held back three or four or three. I think it was three of his big forwards um, and didn't start the game with them. And we were 29, five up and then he brought them on. Ha! And the and the the fatigue levels of mine and what have you and my scrum disintegrated and I'm and when I say disintegrated, we were, we had a scrummage on there uh, on hour twenty two and they pushed us like it, we're talking seriously disintegrated and we got we got twenty nine all and the final whistle goes so now we got to play extra time and. Yeah. Just unbelievable game. And and I said, I remember saying to the, to the backs, right. The forwards are dead. There's nothing left in them. They've given everything. I said, you guys haven't done anything. You haven't earned your money for the last 25 minutes of this game. Everything is going. We send everything. Right. And they're looking at me like, what, what? I said, everything goes, whatever we back it. So anyway, we score first. Um, Then they scored (laughs) forwards, scrum, clap. I'm like, keep going, keep going. And it was Fergus. Farrell, who received the ball in the middle of the field, we're running it, running it, running it we make, we've got fast backs doing whatever and he received the ball and crashes over the line and, and we won the game and he had the most massive attack of cramp that you could ever imagine. <laughs> Anyway, we won the game, but the drama around it was just so much fun. It was just great. Anyway, semi-final easy, and then the final – but that had amazing experiences. I'll share that with you. I never go into a changing room um, after I've finished warm-up, ever. Right? I'm, I'm Now it's become a, a thing rather than – but the, the reason being, if I haven't done my job by then, you know, it's players' time. That's it, right? They've got to talk about whatever they've got to talk about. So they came out, and the, the minis of the club had – formed a whole cordon from the clubhouse to the first team pitch and it was three deep all around the, the thing and you know it was, it was just huge for them anyway they played brilliantly they won the game superbly and I said to them afterwards you know what was changing room like they went we sung I went what <laughs> we sung and I'm looking at them going hang on lad. and they said well the music was on and Phil Collins something in the air tonight came on so we just, we just circled up and sang it I went right okay and that's not what you'd imagine would be going on and then as soon as it finished they went out. I went okay fair enough but that's that was what they were like it would just held them it, anyway not what I expected but it was brilliant and then the final was a, a, an amazing experience as was again another epic night out afterwards because we kicked off we were the first kick off because they run them right through yeah. all the work so we were down out in town by three o'clock in the afternoon with cup un- under arm and medals round their necks and yeah another crazy epic night but that's what that team needed they wanted to to play to the best but also really use the vehicle of rugby of to enjoy each other's company and the camaraderie so yeah
0: all good I, i love it clubland is an absolute joy when when you hang up your professional whistle will you go back to club game
4: um, well, I, I did that when I was playing. So I used to play for Teddington and then got told that you can't play at top level if you're not playing at the top club game. So I said to them, okay, I'm, I'm off to do that, but I'll come back and play my last season, which is what I did. So when I retired at world cup and from wasps in 98, and then went and did my last season there before I stopped to have family and what have you. So, you know, I'm in the club game now, aren't I At, at top end level with the women's game, who knows where that goes. Um, it's uh, I I don't think you can roadmap and say, I'm going here, I'm going here, I'm going here. Um, it's about noticing the things that are happening for you. It's about noticing the periphery and seeing where you're being shoved and go with it or not go with it. Um, and keep learning and we'll see where things take you.
0: For the last 6 years, Fill Your Boots has been making rugby happen at the grassroots level. Please get involved and go to www.fybrugby.com to register your club or to register as a player and join the online community to make sure that games continue to happen in the future. Join in clubs with players and players with clubs to make sure that we can keep the club game as strong as possible. Fill Your Boots. Bring in rugby together. I love it. There's so many sound bites, and this It's just absolutely spectacular. Um, my my three things are build relationships, share experiences, and make memories. And it sounds like you're you've you got some pretty pretty similar things. I am I managed to take a couple of teams to Murrayfield for finals, and given players that. Um, some in the first one went on to play professionally and are playing for Scotland. And the second one was further down and, you know, none of them have gone on, but to feel that you've been part of that experience and that moment to me, just that's one of those things that fills you up as a coach with a squad that you've got just now. What, what does that look like in, in a different environment?
4: So, Again, with, the, with where the women's game is at the moment, and the Prem 15s and international rugby and all of that stuff, it's, it's facilitating the individual at the moment, as well as obviously the team. But it, the amount of needs of each individual is so diverse at the moment. Um, and the game is still able to, to facilitate that. At the moment, but it perhaps might not be for much longer. Where you you know you are going to need to be having more time to train at that level to to recover. That's the thing. The, some of the fatigue in some of of the athletes worries me um, because they're holding down full time jobs, then they come training, then they go back to their jobs the next day. Then they train, then they're on a bus up to sail and then they get off the bus and then they're staying there overnight. Then they got to come back on play the game, come back Saturday, find recovery time so they get back to work on Monday. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, and that's been going on for those players for, for a while. Um, so facilitating the individual. And sometimes people look at you and go, why did you make that decision? They don't necessarily get the decisions that you're making, but it's like, because at that moment it's the best for that individual and this is and as a result that's the best decision for the team and it's challenging because a lot of people look in and don't see or don't understand Mm. which is is fine and and you know for players they need to just play they don't need to understand any of this stuff you know they just they just need to get out there and do what it is that that they're doing it for you know um but it yeah it's and this season's been for us as a, a particular squad mind-blowingly difficult because of injury. We've had a lot of of injuries in the squad, which is just, it it happens. Um, But I've had probably more this season than the last three put together, which is very challenging. But to a degree, some of the performances we've put in are massive overachievements. But again, a lot of people just see a result or they just watch a game. They don't know the stuff that goes on behind. And I have to keep that in perspective because as a coach, judging our results aren't we you know by the wider world and especially at higher level but because I've traveled a bit of a journey now I've got more perspective on that and do you know when when people make their comments they make their comments it's how I react to those comments and whether that that I let that undermine how I what I know and what I feel about it um and how I compartmentalize that that attitude or that response and you know it's fine we we we, we people are able to, to to decide what they want to decide I just have to decide what I make that mean in terms of the job that I'm doing the capability of me as a coach the athletes that I'm looking after um yeah so it's 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 challenging um do I need a thick skin sometimes um I'll bet <laughs> yeah, sometimes um <laughs> But again, it's it's knowing when to have that moment to to reflect and to whom and with whom as well. Because if you if you reflect in a negative way to people in the group, sometimes you spread that negativity straight away and you you make it a thing. Mm-hmm. You share those moments with someone who's a little bit away from, who understands some of the stuff, but away from, I think there's more power in that. Because a they can be more subjective, um, uh, sorry, objective as well. Both, to be fair, um, but you don't spread your anxieties or your your worries around your group. But then there's other times to share it. So you've got a these are well, they're all the nuances of coaching, aren't they? Which well, are. that,
0: it, I, I love that you say. It. I'm reading a book by John Amici at the moment, um, and he's talking about this idea of unconscious bias and he said we've all got bias it's how you act on the bias that is the issue um and you saying how do i respond to the perception of others or feedback of others is is your decision i am interested who supports you you're talking about facilitating the individual who's facilitating you as the individual
4: that's always the age question isn't it um
0: not age position
4: no i know i know i know i know I mean, the age-old question, (laughs) as in in, when you're at the top of an organization, which is what I am at at, at WASP at the moment um, with my group, it's, coaching is, there's people everywhere all the time. It's a very, as you know, same as teaching, giving profession, that's what it is. And if if you're not comfortable with that, I don't think you should be in it to be fair. So, but your cup can run kind of empty at times and you've got to be aware of, of when that's the case have I been as aware as I should have been this season at times? No. So needed to perhaps go out and not, because you get caught up in, in solving. Mm. don't you, That's my job. I've got to solve. I've got to make these things happen. I've got to find the way through what I call the chaos and the confusion. And we've got, you know, we're really good at that. At wasps, we acknowledge that it's, here we go, bucket loads being chucked on us. What are we doing with it? But it makes it, it, makes it so much easier to 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 deal with when you acknowledge that chaos and confusion is bloody everywhere. And sometimes it is the overriding thing. So how do we how do we mm-hmm. cut through? How do we how do we find our way through that? So it's it's a thing for us at once. We are openly, we we engage in it. We 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 practice it, to be fair, we practice it. Um, but who supports me? I have some key people that I've traveled my journey with um who have been involved who've seen me work i they've the people that i've worked with and who have stood by me and and helped me so i can pick up the phone at any time to any one of them um making time for that when you hold a role like i do you'd think that you've got to solve everything else if i'm not in great shape you think you're holding your athletes see it straight away and you've got it you've got a acknowledge that quick and and perhaps that's one of my learnings this le- this season a big learning for me is that you've got to make time for that stuff because it's so important because if you're not quite in the right space you react slightly differently to stuff <laughs> and you, do, you do like we see it everywhere don't you and pressure is a pressure is a thing and it's how we respond to pressure and you know I think people like you and I embrace pressure that's why we do what we do um, I love it I love pressure I love match day I love that squeeze I love all of that stuff and I and it, and it motivates me hugely but there is a there is a point in order that you're holding and dealing with that pressure in the way that you should you have to be in good shape to do that and I don't mean, I don't mean physical shape I don't mean in the gym shape although exercise is one way of doing it yeah but you've got to be in shape in your in yourself and how you're dealing with the issues that are around you.
0: A good friend of mine won a trophy as a head coach, and afterwards, some time afterwards, I think months rather than years, but months afterwards, spoke to the players and said, what would they have done differently? And they said to him, we wish you'd enjoyed it more. And he'd never really realised that, and then on reflecting on it with me, it was obvious he wasn't enjoying what was going on. He was enjoying the result, as you do when you win, but they didn't enjoy the process and like your athletes recognize it. These were some young athletes, but they saw that he hadn't enjoyed it as much. And I thought that's one of those little things that is sticking in my head. Um, I'm I'm remembering that story. I think I became a better teacher and coach when I became a parent. Now I, I don't see it as a rule and I don't think you have to be a parent to be a good, none of that. I just think for me that helped Did it help you? Because I I see things that your kids were even in the hotel room as you were preparing for big games. And did it help? Is that one of those things that can switch you off and maybe fill your cup a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Or just Um, drains a different cup?
4: (laughs) It's it's all part of the rich tapestry of what's going on. So (laughs) when I took my firstborn, um, I was so he was eight months old and I was asked to take England development to the European championships. All right. Now in those European championships, everyone else was playing the first team. England was playing its development side and I was asked if I would, would go. And I said, well, my husband's um, in America that week on with his work. Therefore I got bring, bring the youngster. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. Right. And we are going back a few years here. Anyway, um, it was an, an, uh, just before I left, Jeff Richards, who was the head of head coach of the first team, said to me, she have you ever taken a team, you know, have you ever done a, a tour like this? I went, nah. He goes, we need to sit down. <laughs> bless him, bless him, because being prepared is so important as a coach, isn't it? You, you Knowing the what ifs, knowing what might happen. So you're not reactive all the time. You've got to be proactive to try and manage out as much chaos and confusion as as possible and then so you are fresh to deal with what chaos and confusion will come because you can't take a group away and there not be something that, that happens that you need to to be able to respond to so yeah he was saying to me Giselle because of the name and and at the time then it, the games were every 3 days okay so he said you'll be doing your analysis at this time you'll be doing that, you've got to fit that in and I rem- I was then out on the, the tour, we played our second game, it's two o'clock in the morning I've got the baby in the rocker top who's just woken up right, so wants the feed whatever, so has his milk I've then got my foot on the rocker top moving that backwards and forwards as I'm looking at the game and analysing at two o'clock in the morning ready for the, the nine o'clock in the morning meeting to deliver to the players the feedback on the game and what we were going to be doing for the next one okay and I just thought thank God Jeff told me because I was ready for it, I was cool with it because he Said now, if I hadn't realized that, how I'd have managed the time out there, it would have then become a really stressful experience. Anyway, I'm not gonna lie, when I got back, so it was 10 12 day tour. When I got back, oh, dying. The the I was exhausted, but the learning massive. The little one got tour blues because he'd been with he had 20 13 mums. You know, so when, when, when they had their breakfast, they took the baby, and I, I would have my breakfast or do whatever. And whenever but whenever they were on down the downtime was when I was looking after him, making sure everything that he needed was done and fed and all that. Um and he was like, where is everyone? What's going on? We were at home on our own. It's like, oh no, don't, don't like this at all. <laughs> it took him four or five days to be more normal. You know what I mean? But just all those are experiences, aren't they? They're all my kids, my kids grew up on a on a touchline, I guess. But they're all into sport. Not one of them in rugby mind, but they're all they all do their sport. at you know and and it's their key they either watch it lots and do it or you know my my daughter's now um on a dance performance degree um with aspiration to be a professional dancer and smashing it her work ethic is extraordinary
0: and that's and from a mother who refused to do dance at PE college
4: there you go I mean how ironic is that and my mother named me after the ballet and I end up in rugby. what does that tell you about my family I mean honestly But anyway it's it's you know it, it is what it is but um they're all into all of that and and it's all part of the experience so did it make me a better coach I don't know I haven't had time to stop and think about that to be honest um is it being a parent I think is probably one of the most difficult things that you do isn't it because yeah. you're so it's not only just helping people through things you're so close so the relationship is just like oh well there's nothing like it is there and and the feelings around it and what have you So does it teach me lots? Oh my God. Yeah. Usually things I've done wrong, <laughs> but you know, it, it is, it is what it is. And, and yeah, I love my kids. I'm very proud of all of them. They're all a very, you know, they're they're in their early, early twenties, late teens and are, the world is now their oyster, isn't it? And it's, uh, is my job done? Yes, but no, because we are always a parent, aren't we? And now it's about watching and seeing and, help him when they,
0: yeah, they as, as my mother would say give them roots then give them wings
4: there you
0: go now you you're still ambitious for the group that you've got for the athletes that you've got i mean some of those players in that was squad are some of the best on the seven circuit some of the best in the league you've got others with ambition what's what's your personal ambition for the future
4: Around the team is to, I want to win it. I'm not going to lie. I want to win it. So I wouldn't be in it if I didn't. But I also want WASPs to be in a really secure place and for it to be a fabulous environment for athletes to develop. That's really important to me as well. So winning, sometimes winning at all, you know, some people it's win and you forget all of the other stuff and the athletes are traveling a journey that they wish they enjoyed more. They'll win, but deep down, they wish they enjoyed that journey more. The time, the effort... That everybody puts in we got to have we got to enjoy what we're doing yes rock the roads are rocky and you, you know but that's life isn't it and like, we don't walk around the world with a big smile on our face all the time do we but you, you've got to enjoy coming to, to club you've got to enjoy the process that you're in in order that the winning takes care of itself because at those crucial moments those cultural bonds that you form when the environment is good are the things that make the difference that's the the one that the the, the that that you know, and I, I think back to those those games from from Tellington, the St Austell thing. Yeah, we lost it, but the bond that that produced that therefore in Newmarket when we're under the similar scenario, we the strength was there because we've travelled that journey because of the doing the things that the, the the reasons why athletes are there. So the cultural side of what what I do is is huge to me, and I do all sorts of stupid things. I theme things. I you know, but there's a, there's method massive method in my madness. And it gives us those bonds. It gives that connection to, to the black and gold, which I runs deep in me because I played for the club and, you know, the club is part of, of who I am now, <laughs> but it, but it, it's facilitating that environment, making it as good as it can be. And at the moment, you know, that we, we, we operate out of Twyford. We are, you know, we make the best of, of things that aren't the best, um, but WAAS is just so supportive of what we do. And now obviously Was RFC are massively part of, of what we do. Um, so we're an interesting model um, because we're, we're unique in the Premier 15s in that way. Um, and how we're evolving and how we're moving forward, I'm hugely excited about. I hope that I can make the best of those opportunities that are coming up and make the environment a place athletes love to be, the cultural bonds, the memories, the experiences they're having, are part of what they do for the amount of time they give and that we go ahead and, and win it.
0: Nice. And is it, is it not, nice?
4: in the near future.
0: Does it, does it freshen you up? Does it fill your cup when the barbarians come along and say, how do you fancy getting involved? Speaking of culture.
4: That was amazing experience. And to be, to be given that honor to to lead that first side and, and some of the things that I put in, they now is now a thing and has to be done. I didn't, choose that but I did it so you know culturally from the barbarians point of view it's you know the sheep etc so everybody gets given a little sheep each time different types whatever. And they have to have it with them 24 7 and if it's cool, all of those things little cultural things that bind a group but, but the barbarians is all about the love of the game that is about a week of mixing people from all different cultures all different ways of playing the game and allowing them to turn the magic on on and off the field and on that particular thing that was my theme. It's magic. So I walked around with a Harry Potter wand and I, you know, I had all sorts of stuff. And literally it was with me all the time and we're casting spells here, there, and everywhere and doing, you know, and just having a lot of fun with it. And and those the 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 WhatsApp group that was formed for that is still it's a beautiful place because it lights up when somebody in the group has done something great or good. So they get you know because there's a lot of amazing women in that in that group, and somebody gets a new appointment or somebody's doing something else with the game, and the group just lights up, going, "Awesome, congratulations!" Blah 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 blah, and it that ultimately is what rugby, I think, is so special. Be it you play it, you know, in you're in the the fourth team or the vets team, and you're in of your club and your whatever. That's what it's about. Is is your mates and and supporting them and being happy for people that that do well and helping people that need help when they need it in life. And that's what that WhatsApp group is still generating. And it just, all of a sudden I look at it and it's like, I've got however many messages on it. I'm like, oh, somebody's done something and you press it and you read it. It's like, wow, you know, and and different people drop it on the group as well. They see it on social, an article about someone and boom, it's gone the group and off it goes. And that's special, I think, really, really special. So was very privileged to be part of that
0: and it's no surprise that you were chosen for that role with the way you've spoken and the the ideas you've got and the passion you have we've we've not touched on so many things but I've had an unbelievable hour I've absolutely loved it now I've not prepped you for the final question but whenever people come on if I remember to do it I always ask them to finish a sentence for me and I would I would love to know where this is going to go so You don't have to answer egg shape to this. I'm
4: nervous. nervous. What is it? So
0: for you, finish the sentence. Happiness is.
4: Making a difference.
0: Love it. I'll take that. And I think you are and will continue to do so. I've absolutely loved speaking to you. Thank you so much for giving up your time. And I've said this to a few people, but can you please come back and we do a part two?
4: My pleasure.
2: Really
0: pleasure. <laughs> I think we've got a heap to go. <laughs> Thank you so much. All the best for the rest of the season. And I hope you're looking forward to watching some of the Six Nations. And uh, if you're up here for, up in Edinburgh for any of the games, please let me know. I'd love to catch up with you.
4: Fantastic. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye. Take care.
0: Absolutely spectacular. I I'm grinning from ear to ear. There's so much in there, so much for coaches to listen to, players to listen to, parents, just humans, and spoke about that a lot. Three things, build relationships, make memories, and share experiences. And she's done it at all different levels, and I've got no doubt she's going to go on to do it for more and more players and people in future. And look out. Who knows where the kids are going to end up to, and there will be mum in the stands cheering them on fantastic thank you so much for listening you can catch us on acast spotify and apple you can watch on facebook and youtube i have had my cup filled by someone i've never met in person before and i look forward to that opportunity at some time in future go and have a look at the back catalogue there's hopefully something there for everybody and there's lots of more exciting guests to come in the future but for the meantime my name is bruce edgson and my happiness is egg-shaped stay safe I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And, and our
3: happiness, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. I was talking about this last night and he said happiness is egg-shaped. Hey, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end.